My name is Dave. Um, super happy to be here. Um, I can't remember if we mentioned Pastor Mark and Joanne are at Salt and Light Church this morning. Woohoo! So, uh, yeah, Salt and Light um, is, I think, officially kicking off their service this morning in Kaimuki, and they invited Pastor Mark and Joanne to be with them, and so that's where they are. Um, so Mark would have, I think, loved to be here to kick off this series, um, but I think he, he really wanted to be there, and I think you can imagine why. Uh, so I have the pleasure of being here this morning. Um, for those of you who wo- woke up to take pictures at 6.30 in the morning, please don't fall asleep. <laughs> Choice. Um, I love your guys' Christmas cards, though, but... Um, for those of you who haven't started your pictures for your Christmas cards, get on it, because one family's already doing it. <laughs> we do ours pretty late. Anyways, I don't mean to single them out. So, um, week one. <clears throat> so, this chapter, I think there's like nine chapters in the book, if I'm not mistaken. I've read it maybe the book two or three times now, at least maybe three times actually. It's called The Departure. And departing from what is, is I think, what you'll intuitively try to figure out what is this about. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm really hoping that you would join a life group. And if you don't have a life group, you have a lot of options. We can ask the Neils to come up again if you want at the end. Um, But we also have a group that for those who have a difficulty meeting in person physically, there's actually a group I lead on Thursdays that we we have a conference call. Uh, And that's been good. I think, and, and it's, it's been challenging in its own ways, but uh, I look at it as a way for you to plug in some way, somehow. And so please, I think, join, and as you'll hear a little bit about this series, you'll uh, kind of get a sense for why that is. So I'm going to start off with a story this morning. When I first started to go to church, uh, it was in Long Beach, California, and it was in a gym at the YMCA in, in Long Beach. And the way, and I was not, when I first started going, I really wasn't a Christian, but I was curious. Um, and I was living by myself in L.A., so I would drive down to the, the gym, and I would go, and, and I would just kind of be that guy. I would sneak in. Uh, I might know one person, and that was Pat the Greeter. She was this wonderful woman uh, on a scooter, uh, and she actually drove the scooter onto like a, almost like a we, three-wheel moped-like thing, and that's how she would get to church. She was the friendliest person, uh, and she was probably the only one I, I knew, really. And then I would go to church, and I would just listen to the message. I would take copious notes, and they had this thing where if you really wanted the notes uh, or you really wanted the sermon, you could ask them to give you the cassette tapes. And I had like about, I don't know, 20 cassette tapes. Um, and then, but then I would dig out as soon as service was done. I was gone, because I didn't want to talk story with people. I felt a little uncomfortable. Uh, they were a little too happy for me. Uh, I was just like, what's wrong, you know? And, and I was there for the message. I, I was there to just download the knowledge of what Pastor Dave Knopp was, was giving that morning. And you should see my notes. It was like front, back. It was crazy. And then if it was a really good one, I'd go, oh, uh, I, yeah, I want to get the cassette for that this week. And I would have this collection at home, you know? Um, and that was kind of how I treated church. Then, over time, this was a vineyard, and a vineyard Christian, and they were known for worship, uh, the songs and stuff. And I started to get into the music. I was like, oh, this, this music is good, you know? 
I got into it, and I started to think like it was another genre. And so back in the day, <clears throat> what I would do for free time as a single bachelor guy, I would go to the record stores on the weekend. Um, so like the warehouse. I don't know if you guys remember the warehouse. It's like a Tower Records. And I would go there and spend about at least a couple hours just looking through CDs and like, you know, maybe buying this CD. And like, <clears throat> I had a whole huge collection. That, I'm sorry, Tam, I still have a whole bunch at home, <laughs> CDs of like hundreds of CDs, okay? And my genre went everywhere from like rap to classical music. I had Pavarotti, I had Boys to Men, I had uh, Eminem, I, you know, and I had uh, The Carpenters. Um, <clears throat> my, my tastes were varied. Yeah, no laugh, Carpenters, I know, I got, but I have it, I, I, was, I was into musicals, I still am into musicals quite a bit. Um, and I have a bunch of musicals, everything, like Evita, Phantom of the Opera, which, by the way, was fantastic again. Um, and I had, but my point is, I, I love music. So I treated worship on Sundays at Long Beach like um, another genre. And then I bought, of course, vineyard CDs. And I would play it in my car. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And that was church to me. And then um, several years later, um, I had gone away uh, to business school on the East Coast, and when I came back, then <clears throat> um, started going to a different church, um, Westside in Santa Monica. It was also a vineyard church, and, but I treated it the same way. Uh, I would come to church, uh, like, oh, that, you know, kind of like the pastor, kind of like the message, he was like a good guy. Uh, and then the music was familiar because it was vineyard, right? And I, I liked that. And as soon as service was over, I'm like, Tam, let's get out. Let's go. Let's go. We're busy, right? We got to go get groceries. I, I didn't want to fellowship with anybody. Uh, number one, I'm an introvert. And some of you, I know like Patty was shocked when I told you, you're not an introvert. But I, I am. I've taken the test many times. I'm an <laughs> INTJ with a capital I. It takes a lot of energy for me to interact with people. Um, but I, I just didn't like you know, the, the whole thing of church. I just thought it was... It was that lecture sermon, number one, and it was the music. And then the other stuff, the punching cookies, I'm out. I, I, don't, I don't need that stuff. And then there was a family or a couple, Rod and Karen Davis, and Tam remembers them. And they would like sit right next to us uh, in the auditorium. And I was like, what's going on? You know, like they're nice people. I really like them, but I'm like, what, what's up? I, they have some ulterior motive or something. And... Um, and then it was through Rod and Karen that we got more connected into the church. And then uh, I actually ended up staying a little longer. I think maybe once or twice we went to lunch after church at Rod and Karen. Um, and then what, then what happened was one of the pastors uh, came up to Tam and me and said, would you guys consider teaching the youth group? And I'm like, you got to be nuts. I, I don't know the Bible. I mean, you know. And they're like, no, no, this would be good, you know. I, and so I started teaching, um, teaching in quotes, uh, the youth group. <clears throat> and what I found is just about every kid there knew more about the Bible than me. <laughs> and they would say like, da, 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 da. I'm like, yeah, could be, could be, you know. Um, I think one kid was Steve Horn. He was a brilliant guy, high school. Uh, and I learned a lot from Steve. And so I thought about, like, you know, what Sonny's saying, like, we might need a teacher and four helpers and kids for Christ. You might be someone like, 
I don't know. I don't know the Bible. I don't know what to teach. I would say just step out in faith because that's what God did for me. And what was interesting in that process yeah, was, was not so much, I, I don't know if the kids learned that much from me, quite honestly. But what happened was my walk and my maturity in walking with Christ and following Christ grew most in those times. And I look back to that time when I was the guy who would just dig out right after church, quite frankly, and to the time when I was actually trying to teach this youth group to where I am today speaking in front of you guys, it's been quite a journey. And we're going to talk a little bit about that at the end. But I think that's a little bit of what this series is about, Letters to the Church. Because today, what is church? And when I... When I uh, read the book the first time, and I got to thank Jim Miyashiro because he's the one who turned me on to the book, um, it really was like, wow. I thought like God was just speaking through Pastor Chan in this book. I wasn't a huge fan of Pastor Chan now. Uh, I love him speaking. I love, I love hearing him. I've heard it, seen his videos too. But his books were hard for me to read. But this one was different. So I don't know if that's how you folks feel about Francis Chan, but this one's a little different. But anyway, what it starts off with is, what is church today? And as I started to think about it, I created a word cloud on my own, and this is what it looks like. I said, you know, church for me today is the sermon. It's the worship music. It's, there's this children's thing, so I can drop off my kids if you have kids, or it's comfortable. It has to be comfortable. If it wasn't AC, how many of you wouldn't be here today, right? <laughs> You know, the music got to fit, and, and there's free parking. If I got to pay five bucks, no way, right? And there's food, and Karen and Scott do an amazing job, and I can look forward to that, because sometimes we don't have time. We just get up, we roll to church. It'd be good to have some kind of food. Um, this is, all this is friendly. The people got to be kind of friendly. It's at McKinley. It's small. It's intimate. There's some of you I know who I've talked with said, I like church like this, KCF, because you've been to the big churches in town, and it's just not personal. I'm not connecting, right? Um, so, so all of this, you, you have your own set of words to describe church today, right? But you know, if, you, if you go on and you say, but what is the first church? When we go back to the Bible, and this is in Acts chapter 2, right? And we're going to read a little bit of this today. And I thought, it's a lot of words, but... I think it's important. Uh, so if you go to Acts chapter 2, verse 36, and you take it all the way to the end of that chapter through 47, verse 47, you're going to see what church, the first design of church was supposed to look like. And we've heard this before, but I think it's still valuable to go through it again. So let's, let's go through it. And I'll, I'll just read it from there then. Therefore, let all Israel be assured this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Okay, so this, there's a little bit of conviction here, all right, about like, okay, what are we supposed to do here as church, as being the church, as the, as the body, as the people? And this is what Peter says. You remember Peter is the apostle He's the one who denies Jesus three times, but then he's convicted, and he ends up being an extremely powerful vessel for God to speak about the good news, about who Christ was. 
He says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Okay? So just as you read through this, just start picking out some words that, that stand out to you. Okay? With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Now, you read this and it sounds like 2019, right? This corrupt generation. I know there's a lot of stuff that we know is going on in this world, they were like, oh man, kind of junk, right? Okay, so let's, okay, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Did we skip something there? I'm not sure. Okay. <clears throat> they devoted themselves, and this is, the, this is the crux of letters to the church is right here in verse 42. They devoted to the, themselves to the apostles, there's four things, teaching, fellowship, of the breaking of bread, and prayer. Those are the four things. Those are the four things that the original church was about. It's about the teaching, the fellowship, the breaking the bread, and the prayer. Okay, so keep that in mind, and then let's keep going. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Okay, so there are a lot of these miracles, really, signs and miracles and wonders all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Interesting, it doesn't say on Sunday at 9 a.m. they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. A lot of togetherness going on, yeah? Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. The Christians enjoy favor today in 2019. And the Lord added to their number Daily, those who are being saved. When you read that, Acts chapter 2, verses 36 to 47, and you think about how we do church today, and I'm not talking about just, other, just let's just say KCF today. Is it the same? Would you describe KCF that way? We switch to, pull out your phones. I know since, since Pastor Sonny already allowed you to, pull out your phones. And if you have a data plan, that's the best. And I want you to go to menti.com. Remember this? We did this before. M-E-N-T-I dot com. And when, it, when you get to that page, it'll say, type in the code and type in this code here. 16051. And they're gonna, it's going to have a list here of things that you can type in. And what we want you to do is 
as you think about and ponder about Acts chapter 2, verse 36 through 47, what were the words that jumped out to you that described that church? And I know we've kind of done this before, but I, I, I want you to do that again. So 16051, you just submit it, and then just enter words in there. Okay, I'll do it together with you. So what, what this tool does is it's a word cloud. So it will list everything that you folks have, have been submitting. And the words that are larger are the ones that people have submitted multiple times. So what you guys are saying, what you're hearing out of Acts 2, that chapter, that we, the verses we just read, 36 to 47, what's very clear to me is fellowship is coming out pretty big here. Prayer is coming out big, breaking bread together, teaching daily. And this is, you know, I mean, you could maybe even group the words that don't quite fit because everyone has a different way they submitted it. But this is when you, and I would encourage you to read it again even after service. This is what the church is designed to be. This. So when we talk about the departure in chapter 1 of Letters to the Church, we're contrasting what we're doing today to what God designed church to be. I guess he could have labeled, labeled it paradigm shift. It's, a, it's up here a vision of what church is supposed to be. One of the things I don't see in this I, I, I'm going to make sure, right? <laughs> make sure I don't see the word comfortable. I don't see air conditioning. <laughs> Dang. Uh, now someone's going to put it in there. I know. Don't do that. <laughs> but, but look at that, you guys. That's what God is telling us we're supposed to be doing. Let's, go, let's, let's continue on here. Okay. So, next, next slide. I'm going to challenge you. Have we consumerized God's church? What do I mean by consumerized? I told you my story. I went to church because it was about me. I wanted to learn the knowledge from Scripture. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I like the music. Nothing wrong with that. But it's still just about me. Take a look at this image here. So I found this online, which I thought was kind of funny. If you can't read the little poster boards, the people in the... In, in the, in the congregation, it says, um, don't mention hell. It makes me feel, uh, what does that say? Uncomfortable. Please refer to sin as bad choices. Tell me again how much God wants to bless me. Make sure there are enough programs for my kids. Remember how much money I give each week. <laughs> What can Jesus do for me? Right? Only good news. Kind of convicting in some ways. 
kind of convicting. I think, unfortunately, in many cases, this is the way church has become. We go to church, and maybe even the way you came to this church was you were like shopping. And you're like, do I like that? Do I like this? Right? It's all about kind of us. Let's go to the next one. So what's the visual that we're supposed to have? What does church today, you know, if I could have taken a picture of just this today, I probably would have, but I, I wasn't able to. So I went online, and I was trying to look at how we think of church today as KCF, okay? And it looks like this, right? When we, when we have this auditorium, right, we have a worship team back there and big screen and people all facing in one direction listening to the pastor, What's happened in the departure, or what, what's, what's being trying to, we're trying to communicate in this first chapter, is we want to move from something that like, looks like this, which is all of you facing one way comfortably, just downloading the message from the, from the pastor, to something that looks more like this. This is the first church. It's the people that were gathered together in their homes on a regular basis. In an ideal scenario, I would have gone and said, hey, all the life group leaders, take a picture of your life group, send it to me so I can put it up here. We're not there yet. (laughs) But this, you guys, is the first church. This is closer to the first church. When you hear the stories of what's happening in places outside of the United States, and I'm talking about in particular China, places in Asia, places where they get persecuted, This is what's happening. This is where Christ is alive. This is where Christ is living in people. And why we're so excited about this series is because we're hoping that all of us will catch a glimpse of what this really means. It's it's important because we used to call this small group. And small group used to be like, oh, it's this, you know, gathering outside of Sunday and we kind of get together and we fellowship and that kind of stuff. And what we're saying is, this is more than just small group, you guys. This is church. That's why we call it life groups. Because in life groups, what's going to be happening is people are going to be discipled so that they can go and disciple others. This isn't so that this group of people can be the best friends and go through life together for the next 30 years like this, then we would not fulfill what the Bible says. What's going to happen in this, if, this, if these are people that I really knew, I, sorry, I don't know who these people are, but if I really knew these people, and Frank and John and Mary and Phyllis, you know, yeah, that's really their names, no. But, but if, if, if I really knew these people, what would happen is at some point, Phyllis over there is going to say, you know what? I'm going to go and start another life group. And then those folks over there are going to still be there. And then at some point, after Phyllis is gone, then Frank is going to be like, I'm going to go start another life group. And he's going to go out and do his thing. And this group of people where Christ was and where Christ dwelled, they're not going to stay like this for the rest of their lives. 
they're actually going to go out and create other life groups. That's what the original church was. It wasn't to be comfortable. It wasn't because I like hanging out with these people and I like being in this, this place, wherever this room is. It's not because I like the coffee, you know. It was beyond themselves. The next one. So these are the four things in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It was about fellowship. It was about breaking bread. It was about prayer. It was about teaching. And probably in that order. Uh, it not, it's not like a, like a whole legalistic thing, but probably in that order because it starts with relations, relationship and fellowship, right? Then breaking of bread is, is, you know, we think of it as like sharing meals, but it's, I think of it also as like meeting needs, right? Because when you start fellowshipping with people and you build trust, needs come out because life just happens. Hey, you know what? I, you know, I had this situation this past week with a coworker or, you know, my spouse or um, my brother. And that's where that life group meets needs. And how do they meet needs? Through prayer. If there was just a quick answer, you'd be like, oh, this happened with my spouse. I'm like, oh, here's what you do. Here's the three things you got to do. You're like, what? (laughs) But the answer is we pray. We pray together for that situation. And we celebrate when, when God answers those prayers. And then there is teaching. In Acts 2, it does say people gathered for the apostles' teaching. But this Sunday service is not the only place we're supposed to be taught. It's supposed to be in the life groups. And if you're sitting there today, and maybe you're not a member of a life group, you haven't joined, you haven't plugged in, that's okay, but I'm encouraging you to do it because you might be at a point going, gee, I'm not getting enough. And I would say, because the teaching is probably not happening one day a week on a Sunday. Also happening in the life groups. That's, that's the thing. When you, when you open up the, the book, Letters to the Church, and uh, the departure page, there's a little quote at the bottom. And it basically talks about, you find that you grow the most, right? Is actually when you lean in. You lean in to be... Uh, closer in your walk with God. You depend more on Him. Um, Kai, I don't know if we, we... Were you able to put the Colossians chapter 1, 27? So this, this is something actually... I was praying this morning, uh, doing my devotional, and this passage actually came up this morning. And I thought it was super relevant to what we're talking about today. So I was going to share it with you. So if you want to turn in your Bibles... Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, um, or you can read it up here. And it said this, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, what? What is he making known to people? The glorious riches of this mystery. One of the things you'll see when you read the Bible is that Paul often references the church and, and Christ as a mystery. And you're like, why does he call it a mystery? 
And my interpretation of it is, is because mystery is something that you go like, oh, wow. Like, how did that come about? It, it's, in a way, surprising. It's not obvious. There's some depth behind it. There's multiple layers. So when he says this, the glorious riches of this mystery, the mystery that he's talking about is what? The church. And what is the church? Is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ in you. And I thought it, it like really like struck me, Paul saying this, because Christ in you is we are the church. That paradigm shift, right, is like sometimes people have asked me before, and I've also wondered, how do I know if I'm progressing in my walk as a Christ follower? How do I know that I'm maturing in my walk in Christ? And so the things that seem a little bit more obvious are like, Scripture, I got to get into Scripture. I got to get into the Word. Yes, right? I come to church and I worship earnestly with all my heart. It's not just music that like, oh, that's pretty cool. I like that song. I don't like that song. But it's, it's really worshiping and emptying yourself fully so that you can connect with God. Yes, that's good. I think that's very good. I think all the stuff we talked about, right, like fellowshipping with people, it's all good, you know, um, well, when I read this, I would add one more thing in your maturation, in your walk with Christ and being a Christ follower. What it means to be really a Christ follower, right? Is Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you. And what does that really mean? When you love God and you love others, and you actively seek to disciple other people, Christ is living in you. And you notice all of those things, love God, love your neighbor as yourself, or love others, right? And to go out and make disciples has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with is there AC or not. It has nothing to do with did I like the message today or not. It has nothing to do with, like, do they have a good kids' church area or not. But it has everything to do with looking outside of yourself. And that's what it means to live with Christ in you. And when you think to yourself, what's the reason for coming to church on Sunday? Why do I come to church? I would encourage you that your response, when it becomes, well, I'm there I'm going because I want to know how God's going to use me today. Not as much because, you know what, I had a rough week and I just need to, like, be filled up. That's good, okay? I don't, I don't want to diminish that. But it's more. It's more. It's about how you're going to allow God to use you so that when Christ lives in you, you're going to go out and you can disciple the nations. That's what we're after. That's why this letters to the church is so important. Because it's, it's not about building stuff here. Right? Like an amazing like, 
worship time and stage and lights and sound and multimedia and good food, nice air conditioning. It's not about that. I, I would argue that's probably more consumerism in church. And so when you read letters to the church, as I hope you will, and as Pastor Chan walks through a lot of the biblical verses, it, it's pretty sobering, you guys. And you're like, what are we doing? What am I doing to think beyond myself, beyond just consuming church on Sunday and actually letting God use you to go out into the world? Right? Can you stand with me? We're going to close in prayer. So worship team comes up. Even the songs today, Nathan, I thought were very on point to the message today, which I appreciated a lot. Um, it certainly encourages me. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, it's not going to be super comfortable. <laughs> and for some of you, you're like, oh, that's it. That's it. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I get it. But this is also, I think, an opportunity where your life will have meaning. It can have meaning, greater than maybe how you feel today. Maybe you're somebody who you're going through life every day, and every once in a while you're like, what? What is it all for? What is it all for? What, what am I doing? And sometimes you're finding meaning in things that are good, but maybe, and I want to, I'll talk about this later in several weeks from now, but is that really what God wants you to be doing? That was another thing that kind of struck me like in the last couple of weeks. And I think about Dave Oyatomari who went to church at the YMCA gym and that auditorium at Santa Monica College. And I think about Dave who would just cut out right after church. Felt pretty good about myself because um, it was a good message. Music was good. People were nice. Nothing wrong with that, okay? But I think God wants so much more. He wants so much more of us. You just pray with me. <sighs> Heavenly Father, God, we stand here this morning. And I think first, Lord, we just want to repent, God. I repent, God, for treating church, your holy church, as something I consume only, God. Something that I just take for the message to lift me up, for the music to make me feel good, for the friendly faces that are just like, yay. I repent of... of putting you, God, and your church in that box. And we see now, Lord, that your church was never supposed to be put in that box. That your church was supposed to go out. Your church was supposed to fellowship with people who don't know you. To break bread and meet needs, Lord. 
God, it, it, it was a, we're supposed to pray, pray deeply, God, with expectation that when two or more are gathered in your name, you're there, that you will answer. And God, that teaching is not just on Sunday. God, that teaching is going to happen every day. The Holy Spirit, that I just pray for every person here this morning that Christ would live in every person here this morning, right now. God, I know you're not calling us to be perfect. Just calling us to be who we are. That we come honestly before you. And Father God, that you would speak clearly to us through this series. That it's going to be more than just another series. That it'll be paradigm shifting, transformational. And that we would look, feel, and just be your church as you've designed. In Jesus' name, amen.